0: Praise the Lord, everybody. That's so true, Brother Stacy. Distraction is one of the main tools of the enemy. You know why that is? That distraction starts to pull us away from consistency when it comes to approaching the Almighty. If there's one thing I know about God over any of the other attributes that He has, He is consistent. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's something I can stand on and count on when the entire world seems to be falling apart. The very ground I'm standing on starts to crumble. Everything that I think I've built, even if I feel like it was in the right direction, I can watch it all crumble before my eyes. But you know what stands, Brother Tostin? The foundation the chief cornerstone. He is always there to build you back up. It will never crumble so far to where he can't build you back up. And he can build it even better than it ever was before. If I think that his blessings are here, my imagination can't even keep up with what God has in store. Whether it's blessings, whether it's whether it's the church advancing, whether it's answers, whether it's marriages being put back together, whether it's my finances showing up out of nowhere. Whatever it is, our God is capable. Don't pay attention to the distractions. I hope I didn't let too much of the cat out of the bag, but I just had to tie that together because if I didn't do it now, It'd be gone. My text today is out of Daniel chapter 6. Thank you for mentioning that. Got me scared for a second. We can just stand for the initial reading. Daniel chapter 6, and uh, I'm just going to choose for now to go through verses 7 through 10. It says, All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together To establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree, and this is how, this is where I want to focus in right here, with all the distractions, with, I mean, that's more than just a distraction. Daniel knew about this, and this is how he responded. In verse 10, it says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house It doesn't talk about any space in between there. It doesn't talk about thinking about it. He knew, this this is what I do. He went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And in my opinion, this is the part that is the most important as he did aforetime. No matter what's coming against us, no matter what's distracting, what is the most important thing to focus on is that consistency of being in the presence of the Almighty. You can be seated. Thank you. You see, what set Daniel up for success to set up that avenue to be delivered, and we'll get to the end at the end. But what happened here was the king loved Daniel. He, he didn't want to do this, but yet it still happened. Sometimes the people around us can have the best intentions, but yet attacks can still come through those sources. I love how Daniel responded in there as he was in that lion's den and the king he said he was so grieved he didn't sleep he didn't eat he didn't turn the television on didn't let the musicians come in even it said but it said he went to see if he was all right in the morning with a grieved voice never did Daniel say how could you let this happen The mouths of those lions were shut because of two things. What Daniel did or his posture where he chose to put himself and Daniel's consistency. Now, I don't usually do this, but I had a little bit of fun looking up different different definitions of the word posture. And I got to tell you, it was quite interesting. As a noun, I just picked a couple out of here. It can be the position someone holds their body, right? Their posture, what we're probably all thinking about. Is your posture good? And it can also be an approach or attitude one is labeled with. He's postured himself as a hard worker, right? Or how about you behave in a way to impress a certain character? I want you to think I am, and it may not be true, but I'm going to posture myself as someone who's very aggressive, right? Also as a verb, it could be to place, now think about this, I don't think I have to spoon feed the spiritual implications here, to place purposefully for a desired outcome, If you try to go on the Google machine, brother Anthony, as you like to put it, and you put in the importance of posture, get ready for a flood of information. Sometimes when I talk about these, I'm not a scientist, so I try to bring cite my sources, brother Rick, right? Because I'm, I'm I'm a a fool for hire, okay? But I, I just kind of gave up after a while. If you want to waste an hour while you're putting together a message, then go down that rabbit hole. But what you'll find is everyone agrees that good posture helps your health in many ways, all the way to, to just how you feel, all the way to your intelligence. And some scientists will go so far as it will, to say that it will affect how good of an education you get not just because of the way you sit, but how you posture yourself, how you listen to a teacher. Now all of a sudden they're zeroed in on you. It's like, oh, okay, you're interested. I'm gonna teach you, I'm gonna help you. The way you posture yourself. If we get away from the what I think I'm able, I don't know if I'm able, I don't know if God's gonna hear me, I don't know if this prayer is gonna stop at the ceiling. But If we push all that away and say, God, I'm here. I may not know exactly what I'm doing. I may not know exactly what to say. But, Lord, I just want to get in your presence. I want to give it all to you because I can't do it on my own. God says, I see that. I want to move in your life. I said I wasn't going to spoon feed that, but sorry. I did anyway. You see, the the posture that Daniel took was one of prayer. The Bible talks about many different postures of prayer, many different types of prayer. Some fell on their face, Genesis 17.3 says, and Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. Some pray with outstretched arms, Exodus 9.29 says, and Moses said unto him, as soon as I am gone out of the city, I will spread abroad my hands unto the Lord and the thunder shall cease, neither shall there be any more hail and thou mayest know how that the earth is the Lord's. Some kneel. First Kings 8:54 says, And it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose before from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees and his hands spread up to heaven. Some look to the heavens, Mark 6:41. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to the heavens and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to the disciples disciples, and set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. How about this? Some leap for joy. Acts 3, eight. when the blind man was healed. He didn't just say, thanks, fellas. Hey, that's pretty sweet. No, the Bible says, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. You see, a true miracle is more than just a healing. A true miracle is one that drives you even closer to the king, the source of all miracles, the one that carries us through it all, the one that we can't be plucked from his hand I am so thankful for a response like that. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, all these different types of prayer, and, and, and sometimes I think we can get carried away thinking it has to be a specific way. Because we read all about that. And that's great. That's interesting to see. hey, most of the time when people are looking for forgiveness, they tend to posture themselves this way. They physically communicate their prayer this way. Internally, they might be similar to other prayers, but physically they do this. And I remember as a kid seeing this chart that, okay, well, if you're doing this, it must be this posture, if you're doing this, this is the posture of this type of prayer. You see these things, these meat hooks attached to this, this, this bag of beef? These are not holy antennas. Okay. If I turn my hand slightly to the left, I'm not going to get the weather station. What's most important out of all of that is to not get caught up in what the perfect way is, but just pray. Amen? Everywhere I look in the Bible, God is biding us to come closer. However you can do it. I don't need to have that perfect, eloquent prayer, that perfect three-point sermon of a, of a speech that is supposed to be a prayer, God just says, just talk to me. Just come into my presence. You have no idea what I have in store for you. Don't try to take it all on your own. Just keep coming to me. Amen. So when I hear questions, should I pray like this? Should I pray like that? Do you know what the answer is, Brother DJ? Yes. Yes. Just pray. Second thing that I want to look at with Daniel was his consistency. Pray and keep praying. Daniel 6.10. Let's turn there. It says, Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, that's okay, I'm repeating myself here. Our opening text, when it says three times a day, as he did before, you know, I, I don't believe it was to spite the king. I really don't. I, don't. I don't see anywhere in there or get any inclination. And he's going, oh, yeah, I'll show him. I didn't see any of that. You see, as we get close to God, we start to take on his attributes. And the cat I let out of the bag earlier was God's consistency. It wasn't in spite of what the king had signed. It was just because that's just what I do. You see, as we get close to God and take on those attributes, it's just like, this, is, this is, is, should be as natural as breathing. It's just what I do. It, and when it becomes that, do you know it becomes easier once there's some consistency there? Because it's no longer, it goes from being what I do to this is who I am. I pray. When something comes against me, I may not do it like you. I may not do it like you. I may I may do it strangely <laughs> to others. As long as it's in order and I'm praying to God, I know that he hears me. Because that's just what I do. You see... As we get close to some things, we start to take on their attributes. I could go into who you hang out with, and in fact, I think I will. I was not going to, but they talk about who you hang out with. That's that's who you're going to become. So no matter who this a person is, I'm going to be, become more like you. We're going to meet in the middle somewhere. It may not be perfectly in the middle. You might... I may be a bad influence on you, and you might have a very strong will. But you're going to, if this relationship's going to continue, we're going to meet in the middle somewhere. But the difference with God is, is that he is so consistent. There's no changing him. I become more like him. He is so consistent that I become like him just by being around him. Everything around him becomes like him. I start to wear his attributes the closer I get to him. I had a couple analogies in mind and uh, just the simple one that I want to use. You take a pitcher of water as long as you don't talk to a, a millennial or, or no, what's the next one, general Zer. Water's wet, OK? I don't care what the internet says. Water's wet. And when, if my kids were to dump a gallon of water on my floor, and I didn't know about it, as I got close to that water, what does my sock become, Brother Anthony? Just like the water. And if I back away immediately, I start to leave footprints. I start to leave that water as I go. But the further I get away from that source, it starts to run out. But the closer I get to that water, the wetter I become. And as I I can't stay there forever in the physical, as I go about the rest of my day, as long as I don't change my socks, that water can go a long ways. <laughs> and it works that way with God. If I spend a little bit of time with him, how can I expect to show his characteristics, to show his light, his hope, his everything that we look to and grab, draw strength from? If I only try to get in his presence during Wednesday and Sunday or when the pastor's looking, how can I expect to bring that with me, to be the light in the world like I've been called to be? My socks are going to run out of water, amen? Let's make sure we stay close. But I want to just look at this. I, when, I, when I teach the kids, I like to say a point and say, okay, now let's look at the prove-it scriptures. This is what the Bible says about God's consistency and how he's so consistent, he changes you and never changes. Malachi 3:6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. I'm so thankful that because he is consistent, I am not consumed. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? God makes good on all his promises. You can take that to the bank. <laughs> Hebrews 13:8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. The only perceived inconsistency that you'll ever think you see with God is when I get mercy when I deserve judgment. Amen. Now here's how we know it's just perceived because Psalms 100 verse 5 says for the Lord is good. He doesn't just do good things. He doesn't just exhibit good attributes, good decisions, See, that's when when I do something good or when we talk about each other and say, hey, that's a, that's a good guy. Let me tell you the difference. They do good things, but our God is everything that good is. And it says, his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations His mercy lasts longer than I could ever last. Amen? I am so thankful for that. Hallelujah. So, if you claim to know God, if you've been in church for any amount of time and you claim to know God, but you're not consistent, I'm going to question that. If you're spending time with God, you're becoming like him, you will become consistent. Amen? So, when we look at the world today and all the the things you were talking about, all those distractions, to get back to those distractions, we think that we need to find these specific answers. We think that we need to find the specific answers the magic pill the or if we just put this law in order that'll fix everything that'll stop this bad thing from from happening or maybe if we just elect this politician or that politician listen I got news for you I don't care how you vote or who you're behind none of them have the answers no matter what they say even if it is true That's not going to fix everything. You know what's going to fix everything? When all the people that know better decide to be consistent in their prayer life and start to get closer to God. Listen to this. 2 Chronicles 7.14. Most of us could probably quote this. It says, if my people. Man, that if. That burns a little bit. Every time I read that, if, why should that even be a question? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Are you looking forward to your land being healed you want to talk about a sickness, you want to talk about troubles and problems all around, that's your land being sick. I know the land healer, and that's our God Almighty. He's got the answers. I don't have to find the answers. I just have to follow him. And it's funny how the answers can still come through me from him. Brother Stacy, you could be an answered prayer to someone just through your consistency. Not your talent, not your looks. There's a joke there, I'm sure, but I'm going to leave that alone. Just from your consistency. I think if we really grabbed a hold of that, the performance anxiety that so many Christians face today would start to go away if we really understood that god is asking us to be consistent and just pray if we could just do that you know what my god would do he will heal our land he will shut the mouths of lions he will move the mountains whatever it is you're facing he's behind you he's before you even if I don't see how he could do it, he makes a way where there is no way. Through consistent prayer, David postured himself for a miracle. I, I, I know it's a fact. God doesn't answer every prayer. But I also remember the cheesy little poster that was up on the basketball court in that old, gross middle school that says, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, what could it hurt to get on your knees and pray a little bit about it? That's that posturing that puts yourself in a position for an expected result. I just want to end it by saying this. Let's let God be God, and let's be what we've been called to do, consistent prayer warriors, and watch what God does. Watch what he does through each one of us. Watch what he does in ways that that I can't even understand. And let's make sure we get in his presence. Amen.